This is Nerd Podcast Radio, brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash nerdpodcastradio. We use the support of our patrons to bring you the best show we can. We also reward our patrons with bonus audio each week. If you would like to contact us, the best way to do that is our Nerd Podcast Radio Facebook page, where we share nerdy stuff and talk to our listeners. You can also reach us at brian.nerdpodcastradio at gmail.com, mike.nerdpodcastradio at gmail.com, erica.nerdpodcastradio at, you guessed it, gmail.com. It's not at, you guessed it, it's erica.nerdpodcastradio at gmail.com and anthony. it's a joke anthony doesn't have an email address you can also reach us on twitter at SuperVeganBrian, at NerdcasterMike, at CurseySmurfErica, and of course, at NerdcastRadio. Thanks for listening, everyone. Enjoy the show. Welcome to a nerd show. Nerd Podcast Radio. Welcome to Nerd Podcast Radio, your nerd home away from home. Hello and welcome to Nerd Podcast Radio. I am your host this morning, Super Vegan Brian, and I am here not quite alone, but almost alone because all of my hosts couldn't make it. Erica is moving into her new home this morning. Michael had to make it to a wedding, so he couldn't be here. And Anthony was sucked into an alternate universe that's run by clones of Abraham Lincoln, and for some odd reason, they're all evil. Anyway... I scrambled, because this all happened last minute, to find a guest, and I brought back one of our favorite guests, Adam Meyer. Welcome, fantasy cartographer Adam Meyer. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here. Um, For listeners who've never met you before, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm a Swede that moved to California seven years ago, and well, the thing with that I'm known for in the RPG community is that I started doing maps like 20 years ago this year. That's one thing we have to talk about in the future. So I do maps, mainly big landscapes like campaign maps, whole parts of the world, so to speak, the big scale. I've done for Greyhawk, I've done for Midgard, for Cobalt Press the past couple of years. And when you say RPGs, you mean predominantly tabletop RPGs, because a lot of our listeners yes. think of RPGs as video games. Yes, I've done a few small projects for 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 various small video games too. Upcoming things, I don't even know if they will come out or not. They use code names in that that part of the the business. So, yep. Oh, and it's like when it finally does come out, you're like, oh wow, I worked on something really big that I didn't yeah, even realize. Yeah, yeah I know <laughs> some, something I worked on a couple of years uh, last year actually didn't come out, and then I did something well two years ago that, that didn't come out, and then I did something last year that I don't even know if it's going to come out or not yet, and I don't even know the name of the game. Um, as usual, we have a topic this morning. We're going to be talking about looking to the nerdy future. Um, I'm probably going to do a lot of my focusing on 2018 um, because we just had a big new year. We just had a holiday season. Anna wants to talk about the far future. So we're going to do a, a mix of speculation on the future on different things. A lot of this is going to be focused on tabletop RPGs because it's Anna's favorite thing to talk about and one of mine too. Um, but we're going to be covering technology, books, movies, TV, Basically anything we can fit into our time frame. But first, we have to play everyone's favorite game, What's Nerdy With You? And this is a very special What's Nerdy With You holiday edition. We just had the holiday season, and we're going to share the nerdiest thing we did over the holidays. Um, Anna, you're our guest, so you go first. 
Okay, for me, uh, the, it's this time it's easy. I have I've started uh, making a map of Greyhawk th- uh, 20 years ago, and because I was inspired by another wonderful map that was the original map that was made for the Greyhawk campaign, and it was made by an artist called Darlene. Her name is Darlene, and I reached out to her a little while ago. We've been Facebook friends, and we've been actually interacting a few times, and and so I reached out to her and asked if she could be part of my patron and as a guest creator and and work do some projects and we could work together and she said yes and was delighted so that's one of my big things this year i will do things together with darlene and i'm so thrilled with that oh my gosh that is hard to compete with that's amazing because she's not only been um someone whose work you've admired you she's sort of been your cartography idol as well Yes, she's she is one of these iconic old, just like the the uh, Gary Gygax and 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 Dave Arneson and and Tim Kask and a whole bunch of others created rules and and, and met modules and stuff. For the cartography part, Darlene is one of these that that created the the first generation of wonderful RPG mapping. So yep, so she's up there in the the glory anecdotes of of the game, and to be able to work with her, that's fantastic. What is the what is the project going to entail? Uh, her speciality is fonts and calligraphy, so I think they will, we will start there. So she will do some of the the fonts and stuff and recreate them from the old map and some other related stuff that I think Greyhawk fans will be delighted. So that's fantastic. Um, I'm 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 amazed. I that you always amaze me you always say that you're you got something going on and it's always it it's bigger every single time next thing i know you're going to be like well we figured out a way to communicate with gary gygax beyond the grave i don't <laughs> think that will ever happen I, I i would love for it to happen but we'll see he he's in some wonderful plane out there that he invented i'm sure <laughs> he's in the fields of elysium yes that would be a great t-shirt just Gary Gygax in the fields of Elysium and I'm run, running running RPGs for different historical figures. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> um, my nerdy thing this holiday season, um, most people know about it right now. I got engaged. I, but it's not just that I got engaged. Um, Heather and I have been dating for a really long time, and I asked her to marry me, but I did it in my ugly Christmas sweater. <laughs> Was that part of the plan? Yeah, I, 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 we did it as part of, I did it as part of gift exchange on Christmas. I proposed oh. on Christmas. Um, I wrapped the ring and then I put it in another box and I filled that with paper towels so you couldn't hear it rattling around. And then I wrapped the bo- the bigger box and she had no idea it was coming. Um, she thought I was going to wait quite a while longer. And I, um, after she opened her first two gifts, I um, said, oh, there's a third gift. And she she was really nervous because she thought I was pulling a prank because that's something I do. And she opened it up and it was in front of her whole family and my mom. And it was it was really cool. Oh, that's fantastic. Congratulations to you both. Thank that's you. wonderful. Yep. We're still trying to figure out the date. And um, we're, you know, we're sometime in 2019 is probably the best way to aim um, earlier if we can get away with it. We we have to. Everybody's family lives far away, so we have to figure out a way to organize it and make it work. And um, we also want a honeymoon in New York, so got to figure that out, buddy, budget-wise too. My family's out there, and I'd like to. We we would like to visit all my family that can't make it to the wedding. 
okay, oh, that sounds wonderful. Best of luck with all the planning and, and everything. That sounds wonderful. So now it's time for voting. And when we have two people, it's always odd. Um, but we're using Myler's widgets, which makes it interesting. Um, so you get a number of widgets equal to the number of people on the show plus one. So we each get two. Wi- we each get three widgets, and we decide who they go to. And if you like, you have a negative widget that you can you can reduce up. You can reduce me with. I with two people. I don't know if either of us are going to be using negative widgets. <laughs> no, that that sounds like cheating or, or or something too bad. So I don't want to do that. <laughs> um, so I am going to, you know what? I I feel like I'm cheating by using my proposal as my ner- nerdy thing because it's really hard to say that mine was nerdier than yours because you got. I I don't want it to detract from yours because it was something that. It feels like you've been working your entire life to be able to do. So I'm going to give you all three. And I'm going to give myself one of my negative widgets. I'm going to give myself my one negative widget, my optional negative widget. Now you're cheating too much because I think yours is above nerdiness, meaning that's more important than nerdiness. Nerdiness is a hobby, something fun that, yeah, that adds I know, to life. Yours is, is more important than that. So, game, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you two of, uh, of mine and then keep one for myself. Well, that still makes you win. Okay, then that's I win perfect. fair and square then. <laughs> yeah, and... You know, I don't want to use the fact that I'm I, I I got I'm I'm leading towards the happiest day of my life to to win my nerdy game on the podcast because your yours is um that's just amazing. I'm I'm really proud of you. That's awesome, Anna. Thank you. Yep, I'm yeah. I'm really pleased. And and I think that my my first my patrons will be pleased, and then because the re, the result of this will be Creative Commons and 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 distributed for free afterwards. So so once we got it through the patron and and worked on it, and and my patrons are happy with it, then we will release it as Creative Commons for everyone to use. Maybe we can get you you to maybe you we can get you to the Annies again. That's something I would love to, but I think the Ennies is most likely that it might be Midgard map this year that might make it to the Ennies. That might be possible. Yep, I hope uh, so because it's really worthy of 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 getting up there and be nominated at least. Before we get started, I want to get a little time catching up. You've been posting something on Facebook that's been really interesting to me, and we barely talked about it before the show. You had a disaster happen recently that I think would be interesting for our listeners to hear about. Well, I had what I would call Desk Mageddon 2018. That was my I have one of these desks that you can raise so you can stand up and then you can lower it and you can sit down as normal. And then in early December it started to malfunction slightly and and there were some issues going up and down and then it simply got stuck and it just went upwards and it didn't go down. So I did what a, a, a normal customer is supposed to do. I call customer support and tech support, and they they got me to a technician. But I'm a fairly technical person, so when that tech rep told me to to you need to unplug the thing and then you need to 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 lower it manually, and I simply say it won't budge, it doesn't go down. Well, then you have to unhook the 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 the, the powering mechanism, and I realized that that 
doesn't sound like a good idea when you have 200 pounds of, of gear stuffed like three big monitors and whatnot on the the desk so say it's no chance it will come crashing down and the answer from the tech rep was that no you just level it take it evenly and it will be no problem and i my tech's gut feeling was that this is not going to be any good but i i took out that axle that goes the rod that goes between the the, the two desk legs and lo and behold it cra- came crashing down on one side that when i was under it so to speak so so it was be i posted a picture on facebook that it looked like i'm trying to roll my whole i'm flight sim enthusiast so it looked like i was trying to roll with my whole desk and and i managed to <laughs> to actually crash it twice because i had to lift it all up again and then try to do the same thing and then yeah it that, that then I was prepared so it wasn't that bad and so I now have... I'm stuck with a desk that doesn't go up or down it's just a normal desk for for time being so I, I hope that I can get it up and running again soon I had to mute my mic through most of that because I couldn't stop laughing after you said desk mageddon 2018 <laughs> yep <laughs> I I saw the picture and do do you mind if we post a picture to our Facebook page? Oh, of course not. Please do. Yeah. Yeah, because it anybody who has a computer set up, and I love how it just looks like your full three monitor setup is just tilted and nothing fell off. Yeah, but that's one thing that that was actually good because I have monitors that cost about a thousand dollars each, and and I we this is prime earthquake country, so I realized that they will be sh- shaken quite severely a couple of times a year. So so I actually bought these monitor stands that are really really sturdy and bolted them firmly to the desk. So so actually nothing major got hurt so or, or damaged. So so they they stuck. So they held, and if they could. They could survive that fall, free fall, so to speak, and 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 that crash. They can survive most earthquake, earthquakes as long as there's not things falling on top of it. So yeah, I I love it. It 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 was one of the coolest like Facebook threads I've ever seen. Was that that desk incident? Because you you you're proud of your desk. You always post pictures of it. Yep. Yep. Whenever you means, you upgrade or thing. change anything. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I got a lot of sympathy, so that was good. Yep. Um. So. We're talking about looking to the nerdy future, and because it's something Anna and I are really passionate about, we're going to talk about tabletop role-playing games first. Now, I'm not even going to try to start this topic, because I've talked to Anna about this before, and she has some really cool ideas. So, um, well, first off, Anna, what's the current state of the tabletop RPG world? So, we, when we look into the future, we have, we have some context. Right now, I think that the the RPG, tabletop RPGs are into a second or maybe even third renaissance, so to speak. The business is expanding rapidly, and and a lot of new new uh, younger gamers are coming in. And for the first time in its history, I think it's become main culture, mainstay, meaning almost everybody knows what it is, and and it's become a household game. It's no longer something weird people do in their basements, and now it's something. It's it's everywhere, and, and it's we, also per- yeah. We can thank we can thank two things for that. We can ca- we can thank streamers and YouTubers, and we can thank pop culture. Yep. Because we have things like Stranger Things, which has the kids playing Dungeons and Dragons at the beginning, and we have Critical Role, and which is going into its next campaign coming up. And I mean, these are like things I never would imagine. I never would imagine that I would sit and watch people play. 
Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. That that's that's I think one of the the things that finally I think the the tabletop RPG culture has matured, meaning it's 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 reached a, a critical. It's not some niche thing anymore. It's a big thing. But that also means that I think that is going to diversify. It's not going to be one coherent hobby where people play the same way using the same few games. I think we will see a lot of, of diversion into, we have had the LARPing, for instance, that's one of the, the things that have been an offshoot, and, and there will be other things. And also think that there will be a sort of merger between table, tabletop role-playing games and computer role-playing games. There will be a continuum from things that are more video games than, than role-playing to things that are very close to tabletop role-playing games, but using computers. And and so I think we will see a whole continuous range of, of things happening in that scene. And and technology will make that happen in, in a big way, I think, in the future. Very, very soon future, within the next five years, is going to come. Right now, in role-playing game, so like when I was a kid, we had paper, we had pens, we had dice, and we had books. And my last game that I ran for you, we didn't have pen, we didn't have paper, we didn't have books. We had a game that wasn't in person, for one thing. We ran it remotely, and we used software with the maps, and we used digital books, and we used digital note-taking. Where, I mean, that's already amazing. We're already in the future of gaming as far as technology-wise, but where can it go? Like, what what's going to happen in the future? I think that the technology, there's a, a whole bunch of different technology that will tie into this. One is the kind of the most obvious is display technology. I'm thinking things like augmented reality and virtual reality that will how we look at games. I, I think that one thing that will be huge in the next coming years, not so much virtual reality at first, but augmented reality. When you can sit around a table, either people sit like around a game table like we've done for since the, the role-playing game b began, but then we can actually, instead of, of having physical props, we can have digital props, maps, miniatures, whatever, and, and unlimited quality quantities of it. And and they can be animated if needed, and you can kind of use your hand and, and move them around. You can even have virtual dice, or you can have real dice that are connected to your computer, so when you roll them, they will actually add all the, the, uh, the, the, the correct ruley crunch things like the, what you... But when you when you can roll a fireball and and you roll a set of dice and it automatically adds them all together and add them into the game. So record keeping and 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 the the these number crunching and all that that stuff that takes time and so on that can be handled by computers. I think more or less seamlessly at the table. Right now it works in web browsers and and Windows or or, or on a Mac computer. Soon it will be on your game table, and I think that will be a game changer. And you that know, I that, could yeah. I could see that happening, but like, what if we had like headsets and you could just put virtual miniatures on the table, like that you could see through a lens on your headset? Because like, I have a Google Pixel two, and in my camera already, I can take characters and put them on the ground or on the table and watch them interact and make a video of it. Yep, yep, and. That that will be mainstay in 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 a few years. That will 
it will start coming of age and and I think that can be fantastic and soon you can you don't have to sit around the t the same table you can sit at your table and then someone else can sit at their table and you can still play around a virtual common table so to speak that 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 will be the the next thing so instead of staring at a, a flat computer screen when you're playing online games that you connect through technology you can actually sit around what is more like a normal game table that that's the the near future and and then you can bring in even when you i'm thinking 10 20 years in the future you can start getting augmented and virtual reality and i'm i'm seeing virtual reality in in the the more far future meaning 10 years and 20 years can can have a profound in, impact because then you can basically take a, a big padded room and you can walk around so live larping will be i think huge in the future and that will be with virtual or augmented reality imagine you walk around and you have like a suit and and you have a take an old abandoned shopping mall and and you take that huge area and and you turn that into that becomes a battlefield or a dungeon or, or a game world a, a city a fantasy city and you bring put on your suit and your helmet and and you walk around and you interact with people there computer generated orcs and 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 you can play an elf or whatever and then you pair a bunch of technology first you have virtual reality and you have that tracking when you see a movie today you when they create the movie you use body tracking and you use facial tracking that technology will be built into the virtual headset so when you talk and speak you and if you play an elf the computers will turn your facial features and 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 what you do into an elf, and you can talk to someone who's an orc or 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 whatever weird creature, and you can walk around and you can kill dragons and undeads and and whatnot, and it will it will look fantastic. That I see as the the future kind of computerized entertainment and role playing games. I really think that's amazing. I as as far as so we've talked about RPGs and we've we've brought in entertainment technology like a i think you're right i think ar really is where it's going to go augmented reality i think that's augmented reality i think is going to first become part of virtual reality and then eventually completely replace virtual reality yeah yeah I th but i think virtual that you replace the, the whole world around you with the virtual world that's where it will a lot of it will end up but not everyone you don't want to play all the time that intense that will be to, to have a virtual VR session like that, that would be like the old tradition when you went down in the basement and you so sat there for six hours and turned turned off the, the outside world and rolled dice and, and, and threw your pen and, and wrote down things and, and you were completely immersed in gaming. But you can also have a more casual experience with, with AR. You can just have a blank piece of, of table in front of you or you can go out and, and see monsters. Think about the, the, the Pokemon frenzy that that was over us last year that was the precursor of, of things that i think that gaming could be brought into the real world in in a big way so to speak so so pokemon was the first imagine pokemon with with much cooler technology built in there that already is an ar laser tag game where you can go out and um you you use your phone you hold up your phone to see what's there but in addition to hiding behind bushes and shooting your laser gun at your friends, you can call in airstrikes. Yep. And if you call in an airstrike on your friend, you see it on your phone and they see it on their phone. Yep. 
Yeah, I think that you can have areas where you where you go and 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 shoot paintball at each other or something. You will go and have a first person shooter experience that is super cool that way with augmented reality and down the line even with virtual reality. But virtual reality takes a lot more computing power and so on. Augmented reality is easier. So that's where it will start out being. I think augmented reality will become more Right now, it's more of a gimmick because you have to hold your phone up to be able to see things. But I think once we get some of these new wave display technologies coming out, then we'll start seeing it more. Yep, yep. But and th- I, I don't think it's too long before they have a way to put images right on your eye. I don't think it'll be cybernetic or anything like a contact lens or anything. I think it'll be more like um, retinal displays where they where you look at a display like a little eyepiece and it displays the image into your eye. I think that's what's probably going to happen because we already use retinal displays in the military. Well, yes, that will come, but that will be part of VR as much as a, a augmented reality. But you're right, it will be, and they will merge because eventually I think VR will, you will have cameras on the outside that brings in the, the real world and then you can filter out the things you don't want to see and add virtual. So, so, AR and VR will basically be uh, the same type of technology down the line. And you can have simple ones, just a pair of glasses that, that add some, some things to the real world, like navigation. And so it will be something that you use for, for everyday stuff as well as for gaming. So, so that's why I see that this technology will be, it will be pervasive because it's useful in so many fields. And gaming will be one of them, one of the key things for entertainment of various kinds. But there is a whole range of other technologies that we normally don't even associate with gaming that I think will be huge when it comes to to gaming, from tabletop role-playing games to video games to all sorts of social games. And and a bunch of them is, is, one of them is better communications, 5G, is huge that the the modern or updated cell phone network system that will mean that we will have a, a fast low latency network in at least in all civilized areas of the world in in within a decade or so and and that means that that you can go around playing games like you said do they will be broadband you have at home everywhere and and that means that you can it opens up a wonderful range of possibilities you and and if we have self-driving cars you can have a, a game session while you're driving somewhere and and so so these things that we that's basically science fiction now in in a decade and and even before then a lot of the, this stuff can actually happen but then there are even more esoteric things that you don't think of, of as part of, of gaming technology and i think that big data that's something that businesses have, and governments and others have been talking about for a few years. And now I'm seeing that that, hap- that has a big impact on, on the, the, especially video games. That big data, meaning things like OpenStreetMap and, and you have uh, satellite images that come almost real time. You can pipe them into first-person shooter games, for instance, and you can model the whole world more or less in real time. You, know, you can fight a war in something that looks exactly like the real real thing. And, and also, simply because you have that technology, then you can switch out the real world for a fantasy world or a science fiction world. And you start having, simply because you have the database systems and you have the capability and, and skills to handle enormous amount of data, meaning that we have games like 
Star Citizen and Dual Universe coming out, and they have a scope that video games couldn't even imagine ten years ago. And, and do you so, so, do you mm-hmm. think, from a flight sim perspective, that you'll ever have the ability to virtually fly in an area in real time? Yes. Oh, yes. So, you, yeah. Yeah, so you could like look out the window of your plane and really see what's there at that moment. I that that brings I mean that that it wouldn't be like crazy like surveillance type stuff like but I mean you can get a general idea of what's there at that moment. Yes, you can and there're now private companies that are putting up hundreds of satellites to take image continuously imaging the earth. At, at the resolution of maybe a pixel per, per 10 feet or something like that. And that's good enough to, to get the do- data. But normally you think of using that image as it is. But the cool thing is you start having AI look at the image, not humans. You will not, as a gamer, look at that satellite image directly. A computer system will look at it and you will see if it's this gray-black tone, it means that it's, it's asphalt, meaning that's a road or a parking lot or something. And, and if it's this green tone in that part of the world, that means that it's grass. And if it's a bit yellow, it's, it's dry grass. And otherwise, it's, it's woodlands of some sort or whatever, meaning the computer will actually build a model using virtual trees, virtual grass, and so on and so forth that will exactly match reality. Meaning you will run not through the real world, but you will run through something that is virtually generated to look almost exactly like the real world. Gosh, I want that for I want that for um, to enhance my treadmill experience. Yeah, that's that. That would that be will fantastic. Come. Yep, yep, that's come. So so then you pair things like big data, satellite imaging, and artificial intelligence. And once you start getting these technologies to work together, and the cool thing is that then you can do really really amazing things and and then when you have all that knowledge instead of piping real world data you can basically paint a fantasy world and feed that to that ai and that intelligence and you create a virtual middle earth or 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 dragonlands or 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 faerun for forgotten realms fans whatever and and so so you can things technology opens up wonderful things and you can larp in that or or set and use it at tabletop and geographical information systems is something that I'm working with already. And then you have game engines and all these things tie together. And 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 you can use real world data or you can use makeup data for fantasy worlds. The but- future of entertainment just sounds amazing. Um, I want to talk about something. Um, you mentioned artificial intelligence. I actually got to experience an artificial intelligence that I get to use at work all the time. Cool. I have at my work we use an artificial intelligence antivirus program called Silence. It doesn't use definitions like a normal antivirus. It does everything with AI. Uh-huh. Um it I I can look at a console every day in real time and look at all the machines and what the antivirus has found that's suspicious. It detects certain kinds of traffic rather than knowing about what a virus already exists. So if a new virus drops, it'll block it on the same day without having to know anything about it. Yep, it can it can kind of predict what is abnormal behavior and and yeah, you can because as a user you can think that okay, I don't want this to happen and then you can actually tell an AI that if that happens then stop it happening. 
So I yeah. was talking with our, our with our rep for that company about what could we expect to see that's crazy in the future. And he told me about a technology that's being worked on where it's an AI that can tell if a person is the person that's supposed to be using a computer or if it's a visitor or a um, intruder. Yep. Yep. It can tell suspicious activity just by how the person handles the keyboard and mouse. Yep. That's amazing. Yep. And, and a little scary. <laughs> yeah, but and the cool thing is we you can use that that same technology to 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 bring into to gaming. You can use advanced AI to to run NPCs and 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 so on and tie into and you can also have a, an AI game master in the future that is Right now, you have kind of scripted games, and and when you run a single player game and you have no one, no no human running the game, then then you can actually have tabletop role playing games where you play against a computer or a computer runs the game. And today that sounds terrible, but in 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 years in a few years to come, that can actually be, I think, fun because GMing is is a social art, yes, but it's also part of it is mechanics, and you can probably have. I would see a wonderful blend of a human GM and AIs helping him running NPCs, do conversation, and 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 add a bit of randomness in it that is scripted to a certain degree. The, the human GM can tell the 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 computer AI now you have to play an evil wizard, blah blah something, and then that AI can draw from movies, stories, and whatever, and and bring it. So you you can mix and match between human interaction and AIs and and you can create some awesome things that way. But I want to recommend um I just watched season 4 of Black Mirror and um have you heard of Black Mirror? Yes, a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um the first episode of season 4 is called USS Callister and it revolves around a game that's kind of like Eve Online but instead of piloting spaceships and running corporations and stuff on your computer you put a little computer device on your temple and you go into the game. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it made me immediately think, like, I wonder how far that <laughs> out that crazy, like, sci-fi idea of immersion is. I don't think we're ever going to do neural interfaces. I don't think we're ever going to reach that technology. I don't think it's attainable. To, but, to a certain degree, I think it is. But yeah. we will not reach that when... But on the other hand, never say never because... What we today live with is something that 50 years ago or 100 years ago would seem as completely absurd. Well, when I was a kid, smartphones would have been completely absurd. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I'm sure we will get to a certain degree of computer bi biological interfaces. It's already here. We have cochlear implants. You can you can restore vision to a certain degree, and that will be refined. It would never. I don't think it will go to that. You can simply replace reality with virtual reality completely. But you can you can get to a certain degree. I think it's possible. Yeah, you can. We can, and it's so. I think it's also that we will adapt. We will. You will get a computer interface, and and you will learn to to use it like different sensors, and 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 you can look into Wikipedia, so to speak. In in the future, certain of it will be possible. I think, but it will be. I don't think we really need to get there because you can virtual reality and augmented reality and that type of technology, bring it in with a food body suit and stuff like that, and you can you can get really close without having to actually touch a nerve, so to speak. I think I think we are going down the rabbit hole of technology and I think we should move on a bit 
because there's a few things I want to talk about. We can jump back to technology if we have time. But I think if we go down these next few routes, we'll 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 probably um, if we keep going in technology, we're not going to have time for everything. So I'm going to move on to um, I have been really excited about this year in movies. And in preparation for this podcast, I went and made a list of what I think is like the list of nerdy movies coming out in um, 2018. And one thing that kind of blew me away, and you'll you'll see this from the from this list. I got Black Panther. Avengers Infinity War, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Deadpool 2, The New Mutants, Venom, and X-Men The Dark Phoenix. Just, just like the first several movies on my list are all comic book movies. Yeah, I think that's the big year, thing. Yeah, this year is the most comic book movies of any year. And then on top of that, we got... Well, let, let's talk about that for a second, because you have a, an interesting perspective on comic book movies, because you did not read comics when you were a kid. Exactly. I grew up in Sweden and we had comics, but but that wasn't really my thing at all. So I got in, in late teenage years in, in into D and D and fantasy. But so so for me it's kind of interesting to see. And I see it right now that it's been for, for some years and we're in the middle of it. Probably it's starting to fade a little bit, but we're probably at the, the peak, somewhere around the peak when it comes to, to, to comic movies. And I think it's because the the producers, the top brass in Hollywood they grew up, it's the comic generation, the, the generation that grew up in the 50s and the 60s and the 70s. They, they are the, 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 the ones that comics were the thing that impacted them heavily in their teenage years. And that's why I guess that wait another five years and, and we will probably start be on a big wave of, of things like uh, tabletop role-playing games. Uh, video games will start being heavily impacted because that will be the stories and and the the childhood memories and the teenage impressions and stuff on the next generation of Hollywood bigwigs that will actually fund movies and and produce them and and decide what's going on to be on the big big screen. Now you're not now most like I know a lot of people who don't really think of you as a big movie person because you always say you haven't seen a lot of the comic book movies, but you love movies. Yes, oh yes, I that that. I think it's a wonderful art form that is just awesome and 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 yeah and and I just like we talked about before here before we we started the 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 broadcast is that Star Wars that I was 12 years old when I saw the first Star Wars movie and and it was just it blew me away and that is very close to what you most of the comic movies are today. So, so, so some of it, I just love it. And fantasy movies are, are some of the, the best things I've ever seen on, on big screen, like the, the Lord of the Rings trilogy and stuff. And the Han Solo movie is coming out this year. Oh, yes. I'm really looking forward to it. And when it comes to the, 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 the new Star Wars movies, the first one that was basically, in my opinion, just a rehash of the same story over again. I didn't like that one at all. But the, the one that came out, at the second one, that was actually a precursor to, to what started the first movie, I loved that one. That was fantastic. It was just the Star Wars movie I wanted to see. So I'm really, I haven't seen The, the Last Jedi yet. The the the, the 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 latest one I haven't seen it yet so so no spoilers please because well, after you after you see it um, we are we just did a two part episode where we talked about the entire movie that was our yeah. last two episodes yeah and I, I avoided those two because I want to see the movie <laughs> it I, I think you'll enjoy it quite a bit um, we also have coming out this year Ready Player One 
which I haven't read the book yet. I plan on reading that really soon. Um, I th- Have you heard about this movie? No, I haven't. So Ready Player One is about a world in the future where the world is overpopulated, economy is not that good except for a 1%. Uh, most people live in pretty bad conditions. Um, but all society re- revolves around a virtual reality game called The Oasis. And it's a fully immersion VR game where you 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 wear a headset and a, and like a and like a like a vast array, and you get sight, sounds, and sensations within the game. And it's not just like a game; it also like all schools are done through the game. Like people put on the headset and they attend school. People attend work in the headset, and the um. The movie revolves around a very lower class citizen who gets involved in the game and the creator of the game passes away and announces that there is an Easter egg in the game. And anybody who can find that Easter egg will inherit his like trillion dollar fortune and get full control over the game. Oh, that sounds like a wonderful story. I need to see that movie. I want to see it. Yep. Well, the big like hook of the movie, you got two things. You got one everyone's a pop culture character. So you got people driving around in the DeLorean from Back to the Future. You got um, Laura Croft. Someone's walking around in their Laura Croft. Another person is Freddy Krueger. Another person is Deadpool the from the comic books. Um, you have the Iron Giant from cartoons. You have all these different references. Um, people are driving cars from animes. And it's all mashed up into one thing. I knew that someone, some, sometime someone in the future will make a, a movie that had all these references that I normally are not particularly interested in, will make a movie that I will make me die to want to see it. And I think this story has the potential of being, because it has, it ties into one of my other passions is politics and, and, and society and how that works. And, and if you can stoke both my political interest and my nerdy side, that, to me, sounds like an awesome movie, and I want well, to see it. The other thing about the movie is when the Easter egg is announced, um, a corporation puts all their research, all their resources into having people play the game and searching for the Easter egg so they can own the game. Oh, that sounds interesting. That Yeah, that ties into a bit like the Bitcoin craze going on right now and stuff. So, yeah, it's oh, it's fantastic. I um, You also have, um, we have Jurassic World 2 coming out. Um, I, you know, I'll see it, but I'm having trouble getting excited at this point. I mean, Jurassic World was fun. It's nice to go back to that world, but I think they'll keep making them and I think I'll keep watching them, but it's not like my big exciting thing. I like watching dinosaurs kill people. Yeah, I've 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 see, actually seen all of the Jurassic ones. I've seen the trailer on this one too, and it just seems to one that keeps the franchise alive. But I, I yeah, the original idea that I think was fantastic is kind of watered out and, and there have been made too many so to speak. So, But it, it, it's probably a decent movie with a lot of wonderful CG effects so I, I think I want to see it just for that reason if nothing else. Yeah. Have you ever heard of A Wrinkle in Time? No, nope, I haven't. Um, I don't know if it, it was real popular in Sweden. Um, I don't know if it's an international. It, it's a sci-fi book we have to read in school um, when we're very young and it's a very complicated sci-fi book. It handles um, things like um, 
very advanced physics like tesseracts and people going into this world and and finding ultimate evils in it. And it, it's just this weird mix of science and fantasy in a very, very strange book. And they're making that into a movie this year. That sounds like a movie. Yep. Um, and then um, the other thing I'm really excited about, and I know Heather's probably going to squeal like crazy when she hears this because I don't think she knows about it yet. Mary Poppins Returns is coming out this year. <laughs> when, yeah, I don't. I don't think it's that that's a, a movie for me, really. But uh, it, it's good that they make a bigger variety of movies, so it's not all big comic movies. That and also that they make twists to it. So yep. So well, I'm, I'm I have a it. I have a funny story about Mary Poppins. Um, my mom and I went to New York years ago, and we were looking for a um, a Broadway production to see. We wanted to see something in the theater. And we went to, they have this thing in New York called, in Times Square where you can get a discount ticket and you go on the day of, and it's like cancellations and stuff. So you can get, you can get into a lot of big ticket shows. You just can't plan what you're going to see beforehand because you can only get the tickets for what's available. And we went to the booth and they told us that they could give us a ticket to Mary Poppins, the musical, or they could give us a ticket to Stomp. But the tickets to Stomp were in the front row. And I told this story to Heather, and I said, well, we went to Stomp, Stomp. and she's like, well, why didn't you go to Mary Poppins? <laughs> <laughs> so suffice to say, she's very passionate about Mary Poppins. Okay, so, so then she will be all happy when they bring back Mary Poppins again. That was actually something that, that was kind of interesting this year. Um, I saw that movie about the creator of Mary Poppins and her relationship with Walt Disney. And my mom and I watched it together, and then we decided to watch Mary Poppins for, like, the nostalgia of it. And she realized she'd never seen it before. Wow. She was, she was so familiar with the movie from pop culture that she thought she'd seen it. Yep. Yeah, and she's that generation that I think that Mary Poppins was as big as comic movies are today. Because, I mean, in... in um. In the UK, Mary Poppins was wildly popular because the books were wildly popular. And they even wanted to do sequels to Mary Poppins, but um, the author wouldn't allow it because she didn't like that they used animation in the movie. Okay, I never heard that much about it. But, uh, yeah, yeah. But um, she was very resistant to giving her creation to um, Walt Disney because she was very emotionally attached to her creation of Mary Poppins. That's the problem of being a creator, but that's something we should... Save for another episode. Yeah. Um, so, and then I have I have TV in the future, and this and I really don't have much here. I have two things. I have one. Game of Thrones isn't coming back till 2019, and that's upsetting to me. Yeah, I would love to see see it this year, but I'm 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 a patient person. So as long as they can wait a year or two, if they make it better and take time to really do it epic, rather than to make a quick one to 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 make a buck so to speak so so i'm i'm perfectly happy waiting until next year see i'm i'm surprised by that because i saw how excited you were this season you were just eating up this season yes the Definitely. only problem you had with it it was it was too quick they didn't yes. they didn't take their time to travel between locations mm -hmm. yep so i i want to see longer and i love the the longer format episodes that they really dare to to go almost movie length 
episodes. So, so I'm really, really excited. And if they say that they will take another year to, to perfect it, I'm all for it. And I'm also excited that um, on Hulu, they're going to do a show called Castle Rock, which is an anthology show based on the stories of Stephen King. And I, I don't know about you, but I really, really like the fact that Stephen King's adaptations are becoming a thing again because of the popularity of, of the movie It that just came out. Yeah, it's Stephen King is one of these weird phenomena for me because I like him as a person from interviews and, and stuff that I've seen and, and listened to way more than I like his creations. Oh, yeah. Well, your politics kind of line up a little bit, don't they? Yes, exactly. That's why I really appreciate him as a person. And he seemed to be a really smart, nice, wise person that, that all don't speak out too often. But when he does, I always want to listen because it's interesting. So so, so I like him way better than I like. But I'm not that too fond of horror that way. So, so, so that's not really my genre. I I really look forward so like in the future like okay we did movies and TV in the future what do you want to see adapted into a movie or television I would love to see Dragonlance that's what oh, oh my god that would be yes. so great yeah did, I, yeah did you see the animated one uh, just a little bit I haven't seen the whole thing so neither speak, have so. I I don't know yeah. anything I I know that um Kiefer Sutherland did one of the did the voice of Tannis. Oh, cool! But that's all I know about it. Yeah, that that's one. And then Driss Duerden, I think will will that will be a fantastic the the those series about the the drows and, and oh, and, they need to make a live action version yeah. of that with yep, like yep. with just an epic Menzo Baranzin mm-hmm. and with the multiple levels and the elevator, yep. the magical yep. elevators, and oh yep. my gosh, yep. that would be amazing. Yeah. So from 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 D and D. Those two are my my top the the Dragonlance books and and the the Dristorden uh, adventures. Those two alone can make two things that will be a, as good as Game of Thrones. Each of them could be the same level of quality and stuff because the stories are there and 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 the whole thing is fleshed out. So they they can be they can just be awesome. So I want to see those two before anything else. We need it, a Dragonlance it, video game. That too, yes. I mean, it can either be over-the-shoulder, open-world, or um, isometric RPG style like Baldur's Gate. Either one. Why have we never gotten a Dragonlance RPG? Is it because the um, the licenses are so split up between so many groups? I think it's basically because the Wizard of the Coast and Hasbro, they didn't want to split their, their resources too much, and Forgotten Realms have been the rage in the D&D community, for, or at least from, from the producers, for the past decade. But I think that's about to change, and that's another probably for another episode we should dig into to DM's Guild and, and what's happening with the various D&D franchises. But I think that the the... the it's opening up. Old things are coming back, and that's part of another trend that I think that the fluff part of role-playing games will be a bigger business, and the crunch bit will be a smaller business in the future. But that's something for another episode. I would like to see some novels based in Midgard. Yes, I would love to. Yep, we have to talk about. I would about really love King to Howard read about, about that. that. Yeah, yep. I, yep. I'm, I'm sure it's being talked about. I'm oh, sure yes. it's being I'm, talked I'm sure about. that too. Yeah, without knowing it, I'm, I'm sure that that's the case. Yep. Yeah, the, um, I I want to see. So I'm a big fan of the Pathfinder comics, and I've been really loving the characters. I think the characters are fully formed. I think that it's really fun to read. 
I think that would make a fantastic TV series. Yeah, definitely. Yep. And I don't even think it needs to be a high budget series. I think it can be a Hercules legendary journeys of Hercules, Kevin Sorbo style or Xena style show where it's small budget. um, You know, most of the budget is put into VFX type of episodic show where you they just go through adventures. Have you heard of um, Journey Quest? Uh, I've heard the, the, the term, so to speak, but I don't know what it is. Oh, so have you heard of um, The Gamers, Dorkness Rising? Uh, nope. Oh, okay, okay. so I, I'm going to start completely from the beginning. So years ago, a group called Dead Gentlemen Productions released a movie called The Gamers, and it was like a student film. Yes, where... it's awesome. I've seen it. Okay. And, and the sequel, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the sequel is The Gamers, Dorkness Rising. Um, they, um, that group, um, which is now part of, um, Zombie Orpheus Productions, did a web series called Journey Quest. Zombie Orpheus Productions is a crowdsourcing entertainment, uh, entertainment company that does, um, they do series based on fully funded by fans with no cancellations. So it may take a few years for each season to come out. But it's going to keep going as long as the fans are paying for it. Um, and they basically just continue the crowdfunding campaign until they have enough money for production. They don't have like a limit. They do a Kickstarter and then they do subscriptions and they do Patreons and they use all sorts of different methods to gather money. And um, so Journey Quest is a D&D style adventure without ever mentioning the game. So you have the wizard, the cleric, the elven archer, and the fighter, and they're going on a quest, and then there's an adventure, and it has comedy elements associated with it. And each episode's about 10 minutes long, and each season's about 10 episodes, and I look forward to it every single time it comes out. And I think the format is fantastic, because it might be a year or two before you see the episode, before you see the season, but every time they do... You can go back and watch the originals, and since they're short, digestible episodes, and each season is basically a one-hour show, it it pulls me in every time. Um, you could you could watch you could watch season one through three and be all caught up in a couple of hours, and it's very entertaining and very fun. Um, yeah, it's half as good as as the 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 first movies they made. It's it's oh, then it's fantastic because that's oh, good. It's they're so even, talented. It's yeah. even better. The actors oh, have gotten fantastic. better. The stories have gotten better. They've gotten you can see things evolving like the makeup. They get some name actors involved, but not so many that it doesn't feel like a fan production anymore. It just feels like somebody knew someone. <laughs> um the and the actual like details of the show, they go into things like um when they first encounter orcs. The wizard speaks orcs, so he wants to communicate with them instead of fighting with them. And he has a conversation with the orcs, and the orcs are shouting their demands. And the wizard, instead of negotiating, starts correcting the orcs on their grammar. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's awesome. Yeah. Because he learned how to speak orcish in college. So he's being all pretentious about it and being like, yep. "No, you put the definitive in the wrong place." <laughs> yeah, oh, that's wonderful. That that group, their, their first movie is the perfect introduction to tell someone what D and D or role playing game is about for tabletop role playing games. That's a perfect yeah, introduction. If, yeah, yeah, because if you play long enough, then your characters come out of the game and they come and get you. Yep. <laughs> yep. Definitely. <laughs> 
<laughs> and and the the very the one person who's listening to this that has watched the gamers is laughing at that joke. <laughs> um, I um, they they're working on doing the the um, the the like the final gamers movie right now. They've released some episodes leading up to it, but they're working on the gamers the gamers four right now because they did the first one, which was sort of their low budget college one. They did their second one, which is a kind of a spiritual sequel because it, it has references but doesn't have the same characters. Then the third one is a direct follow-up to the second one, but it focuses on a card game instead of on role-playing. And then the fourth one is sort of the sequel to the first one, and they actually get the actors from the first one back. Oh, yes. Oh, that's good. And it revolves around the characters having been sucked into the real world. Oh, that's wonderful! I want to see. Yeah, now you get me to to now I should watch the Journey Quest, the whole all, all the yeah. Check out Zombie yes. Orpheus Productions YouTube yep. channel. It mm-hmm. it um. There's all sorts of great stuff on there. Sometimes they put comedy shorts. I go on there and kill lots of time all the time. It, it's and the episodes are all their episodes are like ten minutes long. Um, I and I understand that if you subscribe to their content, you can get even more stuff. Like you can watch their live shows. They do improv D and D. Where they'll do a fake D and D session in front of um in front of the um in front of a, an audience, and when they make their characters, they ask for suggestions from the audience. And whenever they have to roll dice, they have a big beach ball D twenty that the audience throws at the stage. Oh, that's fantastic! Who knew that you could make awesome shows like that? And and it's all about D and D or or some tabletop role playing game. That's that's amazing. That's well, wonderful. the neat thing about when they do their when they do their thing, they do their show sitting at a table. But when there's action in the game, they ring a bell and they run over to the side of the stage and they act it out. Oh, cool! That's something we should try and adopt in 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 normal tabletop gaming sessions you you actually go there and, and do things yeah. <laughs> well um we're out of time for topic okay yeah that was that was fantastic anna we we talked about um rpgs and we wrapped technology into that and we went into technology i think we could have gotten more into that we're gonna do an episode in the future that i'm working out on the schedule for where we talk about vr and we'd like to have you as part of that um, but sure. so far on that list, we got Mike Myler and you both want to be there. So you can finally meet Mike Myler on the podcast. That's great because now we met in real life. We were at PAX Unplugged together. So, so we actually stood at booths opposite aisles, so to speak. So I had a chance to talk to him and, and because we worked on several projects and we've been kind of on and off on, on odd shows, both of us here. So, yep. He's a cool guy. He's fun to talk to. Oh, definitely. Um, so... Um, now that we're at the end, um, I this is where we talk a little bit about what we're doing now. Um, normally, we would describe a movie badly, but I'm going to skip that. Um, no, I like to do that for Anthony. Let's not describe a movie badly at the end of this episode. Let's just catch up a bit, because I haven't talked to you in a while. Um, other than I, I called you a couple times on the way home from work just to chat, but it's been a while. Um, what do you got going on right now? Uh, the big thing for me right now is my patron, and and the thing is that that something I mentioned in the beginning, and now it's time to come back to it, is that it's now 2018 is now 20 years ago since I started fantasy cartography and started mapping, and so for me, 
I want to reconnect and go back to my early Greyhawk work and, and update it. And so I reached out to, to Darlene and she's willing to help in on, on calligraphy and some of the other stuff. And so I will, starting probably about mid-year or August or something like that, I'm, I'm going to devote a whole year doing basically nothing else and, and, and go back and touch up and revamp and expand on my, my Flanny's map and the Greyhawk work I did. And just to re recharge my creative batteries and to, to acknowledge that it's been 20 years since I started doing this and for a hobby for the first 15 of those years, but now professionally. And also to, to, to take a chance to learn new technology. And that's what I've been using my Patreon. My fans have, have been gracious enough to support me to, to expand my knowledge, technology, and then share that knowledge with my patrons. Oh, that sounds fantastic. I'm still just blown away by um, the fact that you're getting the the original creator of the cart the the um, the maps to help you with the calligraphy because that's I I can't even imagine how you feel. It's you're, a bit like running a, an Elvis fan club, I guess, and then Elvis all of a sudden come and say, "Oh, I can help out." Um, yeah, <laughs> you um, are you still kind of it? it does it not seem real yet? It seems real because we have now chatted on on Google Hangout and phone and stuff like that, and and so so definitely, yeah, yeah, it feels real. So it's 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 fun. Yeah, it's great. I'm I'm so honored for this. It's it's wonderful. Oh, um, hit her up and see if maybe when you guys are getting close to when you guys are in the middle of the project, maybe we can both ha have you both on. I hope so. That I yeah, that can I, I'm, I'm yeah. That's really. Aiming for the sky to have someone like Darlene on, but that would be neat. <laughs> Definitely, yep. Um, I I am still recovering from the holiday. I um I got myself a wooden watch. Um, my future mother-in-law gave me a wooden watch. That's my big exciting nerdy thing. I I've been getting compliments at all the time. I love this thing. I've been wanting a wooden watch for a while. A wooden um, watch? Yeah, it's wood. Wow. It's got. It's got a glass cover. I mean, it's got the little glass face, and, and it's got some chrome around the glass. But other than that, it's all wood. There's some metal in the band. Um, the face of the watch is very simple. It's just an analog watch. It doesn't have any numbers on it. It's just wood with etchings in it. You go against the, the trend of having advanced, fully featured smartwatches then. Yeah, I'm a hipster when it comes to technology. <laughs> no, you use it. You work in technology way more than I do. I think that's probably something that has to do with it because I'm I'm knee deep in it all day. It's like I didn't yep. want to make my own computer. I wanted to buy a computer. I really didn't want to make a computer because the idea just made my eyes roll. I I did not want to do that. I now the the odd thing about it is making a computer recreationally is exciting for me. Like if a friend of mine was building a computer and asked me to help, I'd be all in. I'd be like, yeah, let's do it. I, I, I don't mind that I do that at work, but doing it for myself, I just wanted to buy one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I built basically, well, not my laptops, of course, but all my desktop computers. And now I have four of them in various stages of, of aging, so to speak, a really old one and, and two really modern ones. So yeah. This year was a good year for me technology-wise because I got my new computer. I got two new laptops. I don't know what I'm going to do with two new laptops. Uh, they're not brand new. Um, I got one used for a ridiculous price, 
and then and and it's fantastic. It's an i7, and I got another. I got a um, another high end i7 because um, my mom thought it was broke, and she bought a new laptop, and I fired it up, and it works fine. <laughs> she goes, "Here you go. Do what you can with it." I turned that's it on, perfect. and it works fine. Yep, that's great. Yep. Um. So. I, I think as far as I, and, and I got my new camera this year too, so I have lots of toys to play with in 2018. Yeah, I think that 2019 will be the new toy year for me. Not so much this year. This year yeah. will be the 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 learning new learning new software tools will be the big thing for me this year when it comes to 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 toys, so to speak, to upgrade my software arsenal of tools that I work with and and learn them. That will be, I will spend it, that's one of the main reasons, except from reviving my Greyhawk maps, is to, to, to sit down and take time to learn tools and advance it, because there's a whole new generation of tools coming out for, in the field of terrain and, and generation and, and computer computer terrain generation and visualization and I want to cash in on it and game engines and stuff like that so so I'm it will be a big study year I will spend at least a day or two a week learning new stuff well you're you're fantastic when it comes to looking into the future and figuring out what you have to do to make your vision come true and I only wish you the best Anna and I as usual we can't wait to have you back we love having you here thank you maybe the next time there'll be other hosts on too <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but this was great. I'm so so glad that I could help out and 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 make sure that this episode came to life as well. I'm so glad you were free. We've never missed an episode, and we never plan on missing an episode. And I think we have so many reoccurring guests now that we can usually find somebody that can pop in and chat about whatever. But we our topic today was the future, and we talked about RPGs, technology books, movies. We actually covered everything we planned on talking about. We came across a few things that we want to go into further, and we'll do that in the future. Um, Anna, how can people reach you and find you if they if, if they want to reach out to you and see what you're doing? They can go to my website, ghmaps.net, and there I have my blog, and they can also go to my Patreon, that is uh, patreon.com slash forward slash Anna Meyer, Anna B. Meyer, sorry, and that's the two obvious, and they can, yeah, so, so where they can, can see my work and, and, and hook up with me. And my email address is Anna uh, at ghmaps.net. And even if, you're, even if you're intimidated by Patreon, there is a lot of public content on Anna's Patreon page, patreon.com slash Anna B. Meyer. Check that out and look at the project she's doing so you can keep up to date on what she's doing because she's doing some fantastic things in fantasy cartography and it is totally worth checking out. Um, her webpage has blogs that are on occasion updated. <laughs> exactly, on occasion. There's a, there's a big update coming hopefully today and, and for certain tomorrow. That I'm, And I've also started doing a few YouTube how-to movies. And oh, wow. And that's, that's, where where Maybe, do we find those? Uh, mainly for my patrons yet, but they will be released later um, in a few months or so uh, for public, so to speak. Oh, that's great. All right. Well, thank you for being here, Anna. Thank you so much for having me. This has been Nerd Podcast Radio. Stay nerdy, stay informed, and stay awesome. Anthony's not here. Nobody can cut him off. Goodbye. Bye. Podcast Radio. Radio.